0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we are going to be looking at the case of Commissioners of HMRC and KE Entertainments Limited. The citation for this case is 2020 UKSC 28. And this case we're looking at concerns value-added tax, or VAT as it's probably more commonly known, and how VAT interacts with, of all things, the game of bingo. VAT is charged in relation to goods and services and this is something that has been made consistent across Europe thanks to the EU's principal VAT Directive from 2006 and other related instruments. In the UK the main piece of legislation is the VAT Act 1994 and that is supplemented by the VAT Regulations 1995. With that background in mind as we begin to get into the case proper The salient piece of information is that while VAT is normally charged on the full amount that is paid by a customer for a good or service, commercial gambling is a little bit weird because VAT is only paid on the amount of money that is remaining once the winnings have been paid out to the lucky customers. In the context of bingo, this means that VAT is paid on what is referred to as the participation fee, which is the total amount paid by the customer minus their contribution to the prize, known as the stake. Where the dispute comes in is about how these participation fees are calculated. Now before 2007, a participation fee was calculated separately for each game of bingo that was played. For the average non-bingo player, that probably makes a lot of sense, but it isn't really how bingo works. Instead, customers pay for a session which entitles them to play a number of games of bingo. Thus, in 2007, HMRC issued a business brief which stated that participation fees should be calculated on a session-by-session basis, instead of for each individual game. In financial terms, this was a full house for the bingo companies because it generally meant there was a smaller amount of money that was subject to VAT. Furthermore, the brief went on to say that if companies had been up to this point calculating on a game-by-game basis, then they would be able to reclaim any overpayments subject to conditions in Notice 700-45. The conditions are where things get interesting, because in line with Section 80 of the VAT Act 1994, there was a time limit of three years. Our appellants were quite pleased about all this, because they had always calculated VAT on a game-by-game basis, and so they successfully made a claim for overpayments from the previous three years, dating back to 2004. However, another case inspired them to push their luck a little bit further. Carlton Clubs PLC and Revenue and Customs Commissioners from 2011 went to the first tier tribunal of the tax chamber, and it was decided there that the bingo company could make an adjustment without any time limit whatsoever. With that in mind, KE Entertainment's decided to bring the current claim for repayments dating way back to 1996, but HMRC did not accept this, and so the case made its way up the court hierarchy to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. In order to answer this question, the justices had to make a detailed look at Section 80, which sets the time limit in the first place the exact wording says that it applies to money that was not, quote, VAT due to HMRC, end quote. This means that in order for the time limit not to apply to KE entertainments, they would have to show that the VAT paid on a game-by-game basis from 1996 through to 2004, was in fact owed to HMRC. They did this by arguing that both methods of calculation game-by-game and session-by-session, were equally valid and so for all that time that KE Entertainments had been using the game-by-game method, they were paying tax that was due to HMRC and thus the time limit does not apply. For Lord Leggett in the Supreme Court who gave the lead judgement, this was not convincing. In his view, the only correct way of calculating VAT was on a session-by-session basis. And so the game-by-game calculation was not valid. After all, we have already said that bingo doesn't work in that way. When a customer goes in, they pay for a session, not an individual game, and there was no reason to ever think that the taxable amount should be based on how much has been paid for a single game. To bring it back round to our discussion of section 80, if a company had previously paid tax on a game-by-game basis, then this was wrong, and the overpayments were indeed tax that was not due. This means that the three-year time limit in Section 80 does apply. In theory, Lord Leggett could have just left it there, but he went on to address some of the other arguments made by the appellant as well. For example, KE Entertainments also relied on Article 90 of the Principal VAT Directive, which tells us that where there has been a reduction in the price after the supply takes place, then the taxable amount should be reduced accordingly. This finds its way into UK law via Regulation 38 of the 1995 VAT regulations, where it is also made clear that there is no time limit in these circumstances. KE Entertainment's argued that the changed method of calculation produced a lower amount, and so that reduction should allow for an adjustment under Regulation 38. Once again, the Supreme Court was not satisfied with this argument. It was noted in the judgment that those provisions only apply where there has been a reduction in the amount of money that has been received by the taxpayer, not where the only thing that has changed is the method of calculation. Allowing for an adjustment in those circumstances with no time limit whatsoever would severely undermine Section 80. Finally, it was also argued that the business brief that was issued by HMRC required the calculation method to be changed, and for there to be retrospective adjustments. But it was held that the guidance issued was not binding, and instead simply represented HMRC's view of the law. In other words, if there was a dispute, then it is not something that HMRC could simply rule on, but the question would instead go to a tribunal. Furthermore, the brief was not mandatory and only invited taxpayers to change their calculations and potentially make a backdated claim up to the time limit set out in Section 80. As we begin our own analysis of this case, I think we can also begin by dismissing some of those supplementary arguments made by KE Entertainments. The guidance issued by HMRC in one of their business briefs was never going to be binding and if the Supreme Court had held otherwise, it would set a dangerous precedent. Furthermore, the arguments around Regulation 38 of the 1995 regulations were also unlikely to hold water, because they specifically speak of a, quote, decrease in consideration for a supply, end quote. But we're not talking here about a decrease in the price paid by customers, but instead a different way of working out the taxable amount. With that out of the way the main argument is much more interesting. As a reminder this was the idea that the Section 80 time limit should not apply because charging VAT on a game-by-game basis was a legitimate calculation and so they were paying tax that was due to HMRC. Given that other bingo companies were doing a similar thing as seen by the Carlton Clubs case, That we also mentioned earlier, it does seem that this method of calculation was pretty standard across the industry, and presumably if, prior to 2007, the companies had sought to reduce their taxable amount by changing their calculation, then this would have been challenged by HMRC themselves. Beyond that, the judgement handed down by Lord Leggett as part of a unanimous majority was not massively convincing either. He argued that there was only one correct method of calculation because customers paid by the session, instead of per game. That may be true, and you could even say that it makes more sense for the participation fee derived from sessions to be used as a basis for VAT, but I don't think that alone delegitimizes the game-by-game method. People often think of bingo in terms of the actual games that are played, and if a given session is, say, 10 games, then it makes sense to break down the amount paid by a customer accordingly. If Lord Leggett had argued that perhaps instead Section 80 should not be given such a wide interpretation, then at least that would have some basis in the law, although it is hard to argue with the clear wording of the legislation. Overall, this is clearly a big win for the government and HMRC. Although it was found that their guidance was not binding, It nevertheless seems pretty clear that HMRC can pretty much set the terms for how tax should be calculated. This does have the advantage of offering clarity to taxpayers, but it's not something that should be welcomed because it will be much harder for people to make claims for overpayments in the future, and may even make it harder to submit VAT in the correct way. In a wider sense this is yet another blow for the bingo industry which is already struggling, if not dying in this country. Online bingo has witnessed a growing interest during lockdown, but it is much harder to see bingo halls having a resurgence. In mid-July, Buzz Bingo, which is the rebranded name for Gala Bingo, announced that it would close 26 halls down and potentially cut more than 500 jobs. Obviously this is mostly to do with the pandemic, but these clubs, along with many other high street venues, have been struggling for a long time, and this is just another nail in the coffin. This decision from the Supreme Court is not as significant as that, but it certainly does not help either. Even the decision of HMRC to pursue this question to the highest court in the land shows that there is some disconnect between a wider government policy that pretends to help important parts of the community and tax enforcement that squeezes them for every penny. That's not to say that they shouldn't have to pay what they owe, But the actions of the government mean that instead of bingo callers crying out two fat ladies, those ladies will instead be warming up their voices to sing for the end of in-person bingo games in the UK. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast episode, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Remember to also check out my website at uklawweekly.com where you can find a range of videos and also previous podcast episodes. Thanks again for listening, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!